Hi, ever wonder what it's like to work another profession or live in the underworld? Listen to Unsuspecting Riders give a 10 to 15 minute personal masterclass as I spontaneously interview them as they enter my taxi. I'm your host, Simon Rushton, and this is Taxi Chronicles. Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we have a recruitment person. His name is Bob. You know what that means if you're a regular listener. It's Mr. Anonymous time. Anyway, he's going to tell us all about social work and recruitment industry and everything we need to know. So if you need a job, I suggest you listen to this one. And especially if you're experienced with young people, um, you may be in the money. So nice to have you here today, Bob. Thank you for having me. So first of all, what got you into the recruitment industry? Why did you want to, how did you end up? In recruitment? Yeah. Um, So initially I thought about actually becoming a social worker. Um, I realised quite quickly it wasn't for me in terms of um, the pressures of it, um, in terms of being able, it's not a nine to five job, um, you're always on call um, and you're dealing with uh, people's lives essentially. Um, so I knew from that moment it wasn't really for me, but I wanted to do something in relation to it. Um, and a few of my friends at the time were recruitment consultants for different markets. Um, and I thought, you know what, I've got an interest in this one area. Um, so I thought, let me see football, give it a try. Um, and that's kind of how I fell into social care recruitment. Um, so yeah, yeah. That's how. Uh, how long have you been in the industry? Um, so I've been doing it for six years now. Okay. Uh, how would you say it's changed over the, your period of time? Um, I'd say there's been a lot more pressure. Um, so when I say pressure, I mean in terms of social workers. Um, so it's a shrinking, well, it's a small market. Everybody knows each other in terms of from social work, oh, especially really? within within London in particular. Um, most social workers would know of each other, or know someone that knows somebody. Or it's all quite relative. Small world, like yeah. a village world. Yeah, really, really small. Okay. Um, but I'd say the pressures of recently, I'd say over since I first started, it's shrunk quite a bit. Um, I'd say that there's an ex- excess of social workers leaving the industry um, due to the pressures that have been, that have, which I think all local authorities are feeling. Um, I always associate social workers for children. Yeah. Is that what it is, or do you get social workers for adults as well? Uh, both. We get adults and children. Um, I predominantly focus on children. Um, but I do cross over with adults as well. Um, so yeah, but there's it's such a big area in terms of social work. You've got different like specialisms essentially. You've got like looked after children, child protection, children need, referral and assessment, MASH, um, quality assurance. It's quite varied and it's quite similar in terms of with adults as well, but just slightly different names and services that they cover. When you're recruiting, what are you actually looking for? Um, it depends on what the client's asking for, so essentially. So if the client's asking for someone who, say, a children with disabilities social worker, and they need them on a contract basis, then you ideally, um, you, then you're ideally looking for someone specifically who has the skill set. So they need to have had to work with inner children with disabilities team, or 
Yeah, and okay. even then it could be that with the Children with Disabilities team, it could be zero to 25 years. Mm. Um, so it varies in terms of what the client's looking for, to be honest. Oh, so zero to 25 years of experience? Oh, no, sorry, um, age range of uh, children with disabilities. So the zero to 25 usually would be transition. So transitioning from um, children with uh, disabilities over to adults um, with uh, learning disabilities. So it's totally dependent on what the client's looking for. Totally, totally dependent on what the What would you say you've learned that you wish you knew when you started in this industry? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I knew it was going to be challenged going into it, uh, but I think I think I didn't. I think if I if there's one thing I need to learn was building better relationships with people at the very beginning. That was the the hardest thing I, I found. Um, it takes time to build up trust with people, um, and that's essentially what you're doing in recruitment as well. You're becoming a trusted advisor to people in terms of pointing them in the right direction in terms of their career whether they want to maintain or they want to grow or it's about connecting people as well mm-hmm. i suppose so i think definitely the one thing i think I you, you say there's a demand yeah because obviously people are leaving the industry yeah. do you find yourself headhunting a lot more yeah absolutely so i used to focus predominantly on the senior market um when you're doing the senior stuff, it is a lot more headhunting. So, so it's it, it, depending on what the Ofsted's like uh, with the local authority, it, they could be looking for a specific person with a specific set of skills. Um, it totally depends on what the client wants. So you can have somewhere where they just want bums and seats, and that's always the wrong approach. You want people that are going to go in and make changes to, to children's lives, I suppose. Um, Why would they just want bums and seats? Depends on the local authority you're working with. So some local authorities, because of the pressures that they're under, um, so I've had it where you've got a local authority where they need 15 social workers in one team, which is which is anyone who, as a, if you're a social worker and you hear that, the immediate concern would be that you're going to have caseloads that are really high like really really high so you could be having cases somewhere between 30 to 40 children which is unmaintainable um so one social worker would have 15 to 30 30 children in a local authority they're struggling absolutely absolutely usually a good indication of how how, what i like to think one of the indications i like to look at in terms of if it's a stable environment for people to go into is um caseloads so when you get people on say 12 to 15 it means that you're usually working within a good local authority so it's quite a stable environment don't get me wrong pressures can change over time so it might slightly increase but ideally you want to maintain um but it, it totally depends on the needs of the family. Sometimes it could be that you get a case that's long term, or other times you can get something that's quite short term. There's a lot of variables. I think with social work in particular, you're dealing with some uncertainty. Um, so with that, um, if they're demanding something like that, somebody with any kind of experience would realise, and they're going to push, yeah. push, or well, demand that the envelope's pushed or the bar's pushed in regards to pay yeah what what um how much would you say the pay has increased over the years so again it depends on where you're working so if you're doing say a project team um so you you're 
project with project teams in particular they are brought in specifically because um to alleviate stress off the services Mm -hmm. so it varies some places can pay say 40 pounds an hour other places can pay up to say 48 pounds an hour Mm -hmm. and then with those as well with the outside if you're working with london social workers and these roles are outside of london then they can get accommodation costs with that as well so it could go up to say 150 pounds a week extra um and if they put it outside of IR35, then obviously ta- you're paying less tax as well. Um, okay. But usually project teams shouldn't really be outside of IR35. This is just things that I've heard in the market that they have got project teams outside. Uh, but though, yeah, that's, it makes things a bit more risky for the social workers. So that's why I would, nev- I would never ever steer in that direction, essentially. Okay. You said you realised social work wasn't for you. Yeah. But you spend your life yeah. so far encouraging people to be in the industry. Yeah. How do you do that? I think it's you depending on who you're working with in particular. So I'm I in, for me personally I like to look for people who are quite passionate about what they're doing. The one thing you, as a consultant is you don't want somebody that's just there for money. You want it because you want to find somebody that you know wants to have the best possible outcomes for children. Someone with a story. Yeah. I, I interviewed a, a social worker, I think two um, two weeks ago. Yeah. No, one one was last week, sorry. And um, she said, she, because she was a young mum, a yeah. teenage mum, yeah. she realised that her support she had from her mother was impeccable. Yeah. And that she wanted to make sure other people, so she ends up working till one in the morning yeah. at times because she really cares about the kids. So you want someone with a personal story like that, I think. Yeah, no, definitely. You think you when you so when you first start talking to people, they're not very open. But when you start to get to actually know them as an individual rather than just being somebody that you just called to see if they want a job it kind of changes and then you get to find out a bit more about what them actually brought them into social work um so my aunt when she got into it um she said she didn't like the way that um black people were being perceived and represented within uh, local government essentially um and the outcomes for children were very different to compare to um say white british nationals essentially so her reason to get into it was she wanted the best possible outcome for people who look like who look like her essentially. Yeah. Um, so you, it's finding out stuff like that, and it, it becomes quite more interesting when you start to uh, find out what their purpose is within the role. Um, so yeah, kind of it's kind of how I like to do it is just find out what makes them tick essentially. Why is it they're in social work? So if you hire, yeah. do you also fire? No, no, no. So we're sheerly, sheerly just uh, introducing a client to people that we've worked with or think would be a good uh, match for the organisation that they're, that they're representing. Um, I've never had to fire anybody uh, okay. or anything like that. It's sheerly just in, uh, in, introducing, essentially. You speak of um, a high demand. Yeah. So for people who've been fired before by another local authority, uh, do you give them a second chance to recruit them or are they kind of blacklisted for life? No, it totally depends on what it was. So if it's anything in relation to um, 
the endangerment of children, then that's somebody that I personally wouldn't want to work with again. But it totally depends on, so obviously, you know, you've got stuff like HCPC, um, Healthcare Professional Council. Oh, sorry, they're not called HCPC anymore, sorry, they're called Social Work England. Okay. Um, so they are um, like the board, a board of social workers, essentially. Um, so if there's anything like concerns in terms of practice or anything like that, then it would be investigated by via them, mm-hmm. um, and they would make the decision on whether or not they're suitable to actually practice social work anymore. Um, so that's yeah, usually you would want to use that anyway as an indicator whether or not it's somebody you should be working with. Oh, whether their license would be revoked. Yeah. They have the license. Now that board you spoke about um, rep- being represented. Yeah. Is it um, um, a mixture of different backgrounds, ethnicity, or is it just like um, white British people? No, I think it is a mixture. I think it's a mixture of um, of people. Uh, of yeah. Everybody, any, I think you, anyone can do it. I believe, um, not anyone, but I think people from with it with a social work background essentially yeah. uh, could be part of uh, Social Work England. Um, Qualifications wise, yeah. what does what do you need to be a, considered as a social worker on your recruitment? Um, so you need to, if you're going to be a social worker, you have to go do, I believe they made it, made it a degree now, well it is a degree now, so usually you have to do say three years worth of studying, um, and within those three years they tend to, well you're always in placements within, with, with uh, throughout the three years. So it's like a sandwich? Not really sandwich, so it's still three years, but um, I know that you'll do, I Work think experience. yeah. Thirty days, sixty days, and then a hundred days in your last year. And you're shadowing somebody. You're shadowing and practicing as well, essentially. So you'll have somebody that's mentoring you, just keeping an eye on your work. Um, yeah. So it's, it's okay. That's interesting. That's 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 really really good. Do you see? Um, how do you see the future of so this industry going? Because obviously, if people are dropping off because the stress is too much. Yeah. And sadly, we're getting more and more. I'm not sure if you call ASBO children or what have you. What what what's the future? What do you think? Because you you, you see it. Yeah. You may not be directly part of it, but you see it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a very hard thing. It's a hard question. The reason I say that is, I feel that the central government itself are stripping away resources from social work, mm-hmm. and because of that, it's making people walk away from the industry. Um, and I can see when you've worked with people for a long time and they're starting to move away from the job, it's not that they don't want to do it, it's that the... The reward it, it's, doesn't amount to... Yeah, I don't think it's the reward of it. I think it's not being able to get the best possible outcomes for children when you know oh, that the local right. government, one government should be investing more. It's like you're on the battlefield yeah. and someone's only giving you a minimum amount of ammunition yeah that's literally that's literally it you you know that it's it's not a, it's not so sustainable you're going to be able to do the proper job yeah you need to do but yeah. they want you to do it i think you get some local authorities within like so you can see you, the more affluent local authorities tend to not have the same issues as um local authorities with, with less income essentially it's very very different pressure so if you look at say newham council um, the pressures there are very, very different to say somewhere like Richmond, uh, Richmond uh, Council. Um, 
you look at population size as well is very very different uh, richmond's got but mind you newham's newham bigger newham's huge it's a really big big local authority um, and you, what you tend to find, I find, is that... They go all along the Thames, don't they? Yeah. They're like down Cannon Town, Silvertown. Yeah. Going all the way down Stratford, to... Stratford. Um, Beckton. Beckton, yeah. yeah. So it's a huge... The, pressure, the pressures of those services are very different, depending on where you are. They're building a lot of nice flats. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are around that area. They're in the middle of nowhere, but yeah, okay. But in Richmond, yeah, it's going to be hard to get to. Yeah. Hard to... But I think, going back to what you were saying, I think it's just, um, I think, I think I can see a bit more of an exodus of staff leaving, uh, people leaving the profession. It's, so that means more crime then? I wouldn't say more crime. It's, Who's going to handle the children then? It's, 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 it's Clearly the parents aren't. Yeah, the parents aren't. It's, it's, a, it's a very hard question. I don't know who... It's hard to attract someone to a profession when it's very hard to attract people to a profession where you don't get the only how I look at it is very hard to attract people to a profession when the media continuously slaughter you. Yeah. And I think the only time we ever hear about social workers in the UK is when something's gone wrong. Yeah. When the reality is that's the what don't get me wrong they anything that happens around, is bad yeah. but they don't turn around and blame the government and say well government took our funding yeah they say social work is bad yeah <laughs> and it's like you're, you're fighting a battle with a hand behind your back essentially in social mm-hmm. work and that's why i think more i reckon you'll get more and more people as time goes on leaving the, um, the profession i'll tell you what i see is more important yeah there was a time where all the old school police yeah retired or left so you had all this new wave of young police but they had no experience yeah and so what they did they started to ask people of a certain age yeah yeah who are 40 and over can you come and join the police knowing that they would have a short career because what they realized is they needed people with life experience yeah because the young police were like early 20s yeah and they didn't understand about life yet, really, and you know what to really make an issue and how to handle things. And I see that the same with this social work. That if the veterans are leaving, yeah, then even if you're getting new people coming in, who's going to really train them yeah. properly? Because it's it's not a thing you just get on the job training as a blind as with no guidance yeah. you need someone you need an old sweat to say no you don't do that yeah you do this or consider this or consider that do you see what i mean yeah yeah definitely. and that's what I, I would see as a bigger problem is because you're going to take whoever else is left as an old sweat and they're going to have five people to mentor or ten people to mentor and their big le- caseload as well, yeah. and it's going to be too much. Yeah. yeah, definitely. That's why I see this issue. But anyway, apart from that, I'll ask you the last question I always ask my guests. Yeah. It's been very interesting, uh, very informative. Yeah. What's the impact you want to have on the world? Oh. <laughs> um, I always like to think you want to leave this place better than it was when you came. Um. But how I do that is a interesting 
how I want to do it, I suppose. That's something I'm still thinking about, I suppose. Okay, well that leads on to a naughty extra question. Yeah. Do you see yourself yeah. staying in recruitment for social? No, I think, if anything, it's opened me up to other, being within social, like uh, recruitment, um, in particular social work, it's opened up other things for me. So I saw, I've spoken to quite a few commissioners um, and that's something that I'm thinking of potentially getting into. Um, which is um, so when you say commissioners you... oh um, so commissioning is, is quite a, um, like project management for social care um, so what I'm thinking of possibly do so they would do say contracts for uh, local authorities so it could be if you're looking at say adults it could be learning uh, disabilities so they could be doing uh, like day centres essentially so they could be doing all the contract management around that um, so that means liaison with providers, uh, essentially. So people or organisations that own the actual centre, but you're liaison with them directly on behalf of the local authority to make sure the needs of uh, service users are met within within that. So I'm thinking potentially I might look into that for the future. I think long term. Uh, I think sales is a very tough environment to be in. I think especially with COVID. It's um makes it more challenging, <laughs> I would say. Okay. I think long term, I think I'll definitely move out. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot for that, Bob. No, no, thank you. Much appreciated. And we wish you well. We hope you liked that interview. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to get the latest daily episode. Ever considered investing in a continent with the fastest growing economy and population on Earth? The same continent that holds 30% of the world's known natural resources? Then listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories, where you will hear real investors with real stories from around the world share their experience of investing in Africa. We post Monday and Thursday at 10am.